Hey, this is Dirk Revuren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. What's up, everybody? It's Keefe, and you're listening to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast, episode 400. Hard to believe, but here we are. Thanks so much to everybody that's been a guest and you for listening. If this is your first time here, please like and subscribe and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Ghost Cult Keefe at GhostCultMag.com. I'm filling in for the regular host, Omar. We love you, buddy. Maybe he'll be back next month. Let's find out. In the meantime, check out the February edition of the Steve and Keefe Power Hour, where we recap January's releases and forecast the new rock and metal releases for February 2024. Check it out. You are listening to another episode of the Ghost Cult Podcast. I am your host, Ghost Cult Keefe, once again from GhostCultMag.com. All the Ghost Cult things, I am once again thrilled, stoked, and honored to be joined by my colleague and pal, Steve Tovey, the senior editor of Ghost Cult Mag in charge of reviews and a bunch of other things. Steve, how the hell are you? Good evening. Yeah, good to see you again, Keefe, and uh, glad to have you to have happy with us and uh smiling and uh looking rested and peaceful so i'm now trying yeah no, so now we've got through like the 100 day long month of january i think it's been about 700 days for you though <laughs> yeah, it's like the for the most a hundred percent yeah, great to see you, man. 100%. I think I've been very public about my uh, health struggles. Uh, there's a whole video on YouTube and a podcast here wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to hear about our channel update. But it's really my life update because as as goes Keefe, somehow goes goes cult a little bit at least, probably more than a little. But uh, good to be back. I legitimately am happy. I'm great to see you. I love doing these pods with you. I am going to follow through on my promise starting next month. I think I'm going to put the word out tonight to the staff for people to sign up to do a pods with me. I'm going to try to do more of these, but you and I, this is, this is my treat. I love talking about album releases. This is our main focus. You and I on this pod and it was, uh, you know, it was uh, gently easing into January and now the madness of February is upon us with the release schedule. Holy cow. And I, I think I've got a note just on the last weekend. In last week in February, we've got 37 albums that we're still trying to figure which ones we'll, we're going to cover just on one day. Uh, and that's let alone the 10, 15 we've already said not on, not on the radar. But I just wanted to take a moment at the start of the episode because I know you're always very, very generous with your praise for myself and the staff just to throw that back at you because um, I think we often kind of take you for granted. And uh, the last couple of weeks have helped realise you know, all of the stuff that you do for Ghost Cult. Um, it's not just around getting some stuff published when I hassle you and say, ah, oh, can we make this review live? I know, you know, we've got a slight hint of all the stuff that happens in your world and all the stuff you do for all the bands and all the um, releases and all the artists out there just to publicise and to talk about and to share great music. So I just wanted to share the love back to you because we don't often do it that way around. So good to see you there again, man. Yeah, very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, when you have a crisis happen in your life and people rally around you, it feels good. Uh, it's easy to feel alone in this world. And uh, it's it's nice to know how people feel about you and that uh, if anything bad happened to me, people would say nice things. So it feels good. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing my best, like I said to you, offline, one day at a time, everything one day at a time. So uh, but the as usual, music is my refuge. Um 
I'll tell you one quick incident. Uh, you know, everybody has their go-to rec- comfort, like comfort food, which I can't enjoy anymore. So I have comfort music. And I, uh, my first like 48 hours in the hospital was, I was just fraught with uncertainty because you just don't know what's going on. And I mean, I had a general idea what was wrong with me that was immediately, uh, un- you know, understood by doctors and nurses and me. But then there's other stuff. It's like we're waiting for the results of X, Y, Z. You just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. And so I was like in my hospital bed. They finally put me in a room after a very long day in the ER. And uh, and I was wonderfully treated and taken care of uh, here. And I put on uh, my favorite go to record is uh, uh, of the last, set, you know, however many years is uh, Opeth Damnation. That's what I listen to. To get back to center and uh, music is definitely the healer and it's the helper. And I'm glad that I have this stuff to distract me from some of the other real world things that are not going well. But uh, generally speaking, I'm going to be okay. And I appreciate everybody. I appreciate you. The whole team pulled together. The reviews team, I got to shout them out again. Our new reviews team support staff. They have been marvelous. Uh, But even other people, Omar, Paul McMillan. A lot of people, it's a, it's a team effort. It's not just me. I, I, I tell that to people still think like, this is my blog. And I was like, no, it's really a group effort. It really has never been just mine. It's always been a team thing. And I, I do see it that way. So I appreciate you. And what, and the team, you know, knocked it out January. I think you mentioned we have already reviewed somehow with less people contributing a few let we lost a few people who've stepped aside and step down. We have reviewed more albums in January than we did last year at this time, which is insane. I know, yeah, like over forty albums uh, covered in in January, which is crazy um, considering three weeks worth of uh, full schedules um, out there. Yeah, we crept in. There's only a couple in the first week of Jan, but it's been good to see. I think. Um, in the past, when we've hit December, people have sort of dialed out of new music. Um, I get it, because when we do our year-end stuff, I do the same. We, we wrap up the year, not really listen to new things, and then tend to go, usually at the start of each year, go into a bit of a retro hole and start listening to classics and you know stuff, and it takes a little while to get back into it. But I tried to keep everyone interested by sending out something. You know, Everyone had something for the first week in Jan um, to keep them, keep them busy, and the other teams hit the ground running. So, and as we mentioned, we've got a new little... Um, Reviews team helping us pull everything together. So Tom Osman, Jesse Ferry, Matt Cook have all stepped up, showed what we knew. They have uh, editing skills for days, so uh, a bit of me to shame already. Uh, it makes me wonder why we didn't think of it before, but fair play. Um, it's been, been a strong start for us, I think, as a as a site in terms of quality and quantity of reviews. And uh, looks like, you know, hopefully we'll uh, keep on the same path. But it's interesting what you say about having albums and coming back to favorites to center on so i've got a, a kind of two two moments in a way that um this month one was completely unexpected so i had a really really good talk to offline about about when to still bring me the horizon uh last saturday uh, i don't go to so many gigs these days um family life whatever and uh cost and just being old and talking myself out of it and antisocial. but i went with a really good friend um uh, someone i went to known since secondary school so we first met when we were like 12 13 and we first gigs we went to as teenagers we went to together we haven't been to gig just the two of us that we can remember ever and just absolutely brilliant um show fair played like bring me the horizon we're on 
an incredible level. Um, again, I'm going to message you to say the best big show I've been to that wasn't Maiden or Metallica. Um, they really stepped up, not just the stage show, just the quality of the performance, the songs, the, the audience reaction uh, was insane. And then, so I've had like Obey and a couple of other Bring Me songs in stuck in my head all week and been, good, been thinking of my mate Cy um, on and off. And one of the albums I associate with Cy, um, went to see Ghost to Royal Abbott Hall with him on prequel. Um, it's prequel. So just go like, Monday night, just put that on. And you had a really unexpected, different association with Ghost. So you and I both obviously that Matt Davies, who was uh, with Ghost Cult for, for I don't know, eight, seven, eight years of, and um, sadly passed away a couple of years ago. And just two, three songs in, I just had to stop everything else I was doing and just sat there and just had this whole wash of um, association and memories, positive ones, and thinking of seeing Matt at various ghost gigs and stuff. And it's just it's just that reminder of the, of the I don't want to be too cheesy and say the power of rock or the power of metal, you know, that kind of stuff, but the power of just great music and the associations and the emotions that it, that it brings and what it can, what certain albums can do to you, even like completely unexpected. Um, one so um, but just yeah just wanted to sort of mention and share it's been uh, kind of I, I totally get what you're saying like Damnation Views an album that can kind of help get your brain get yourself get yourself in associations kind of all, all lined up and things there yeah if not, yeah all good yeah fair enough I think uh, Matt would have been very proud our first Matt and I saw Ghost together in Brooklyn was the Ghost's very first arena show in America and so I think he'd be pretty stoked to see that they're uh, risen to the Iron Maiden Metallica level almost and I'd say bring me the horizons on the doorstep they they're not quite as big here as they are in Europe where they're absolutely a headliner I think they're just about a headliner here Surely for theaters, uh, maybe, you know, I've seen them at a festival where they were second or third on the bill here. So next go round, uh, Venge Sevenfold just started doing arenas. I know there's a lot of talk about like what happens when Maiden and Metallica and even Slipknot is coming, coming undone a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some comments from Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're having some, some problems. Um, which is, uh, you know, unfortunate. Corey has been very public about his uh, mental health struggles, which is kind of a surprise because he hates social media. <laughs> as much as people are talking about him and that band, he doesn't do a lot of personal stuff on social media. So it was a little surprising, but good to see Ghost get to where they're at. And I love the, I know you're not a Bad Omens fan, so I can't ask you how they did because I think you were getting a beer or a piss. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's those things, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they quite good. To be fair, they sounded good through the like the arena doors out into the concourse. They sounded better than I thought they were going to. But I don't know. It's played into what I expected from them because the first couple of songs sounded like quite heavy, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is not what I was expecting. This is pretty decent stuff." Like a bit kind of you know. Um, and then they hit about four or five of the the kind of more sweeter songs and I was like ah no that's what I thought that's fine <laughs> so, but yeah but they did, uh, by all accounts they went down well I think um, I might have the pronunciation wrong did you catch a bit of Cassiet who was on before and was impressed I'm um, looking forward to the release that's coming out uh, later now so a good little mix of different types of um, I don't know punk crime the types of stuff that I don't understand the right uh, terminology to describe the non-metal music, but mixed with the, the punk rock and metal stuff and some, a couple of really strong vocal hooks as well. So we did get there early, um, accidentally got there about an hour earlier than we meant to, but it meant we caught some of Cassia and then yeah, did have a couple of beers while Bad Omens were doing their thing. But most people seemed happy from what I could tell. Yeah. And they're, they're becoming humongous here and they just announced a big tour with Poppy who they have a new single with. 
Um, very excited. Poppy is also opening that event sevenfold arena tour as one of the direct support, which is insane to me. Um, and also sleep token. Let's just throw them in there. They are also any band with a, I don't want to say a gimmick, but any band with a gimmick right now, they just booked a huge theater tour. I don't think they're quite ready for arenas, but, uh, yeah. But they, I, uh, I, don't know, I, I like the approach in the UK was they would did whatever small kind of, yeah, theater sort of place they did. And then the next thing they book is arena and everyone's like, no, no, they're not that big. But I think by telling everyone they were that big, it then kind of almost like made it happen. So I think there's something, you know, I mean, Ghost did the opposite. Ghost always underbooked and always sold out quickly, really you know, the smaller venues until they couldn't help but do the arenas here. But yeah, it's an interesting strategy on Sleep Take in the UK at least. Um, I guess home market is slightly different. It seems to have worked of like, let's just tell everyone we're massive. And then, oh, yeah, now we are. But- yeah, it's ex- I think they did the same thing here where they was a deprivation. They didn't do a lot of touring or they played festivals or they played little. I saw them at Riot Fest outdoors in daylight, just about just about getting dark on the East Coast in, in the fall. And uh, they're terrific. I, it was, it, it's not for everybody. I know people are just like, they're not metal, they're not metal enough, or it's just a very slow, all their songs are like a very slow boil, and then they brim over, but they don't, they don't rage right out of the gate yet on any, on anything, and so people are just like, I don't know how I feel about this, it's not rocking enough, but they're pretty great. It's, it's been a slow burn for me, as you know, and like when the album came out, I, I wasn't entirely sure well, I knew I didn't dislike it, um, but I wasn't sure how much I uh, want. But sneaky YouTube music, like uh, they tend to appear on quite a few of the, the, the autoplay stuff that happens after the album you're listening to finishes. And never switch it off, always leave it on. I always left, left thinking the same. It's like Sam Smith front and Deftones. But now I'm thinking that's not bad. And it'd be quite an interesting collab if uh, Sam Smith did do a track with Deftones. So, you know, well, we know what it sounds like. But yeah, uh, they, they, the songs are. are are really good they've got something i said i'm still not fully sold but i imagine maybe a live ritual as they call them um might be something that would then help take me a step further into it but yeah however many years seven eight nine months after the album out and i've listened to it more than i thought i would um and i enjoy it more than um i definitely thought i would you know um on the build-up Yep. Agreed. I think we'll be talking about that band for a very long time. So uh, that's yeah, that's a good place to go on to the next section. Um, but I'm stoked that you got to see uh, Bring Me One More Time. They're so good. They're so good. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever they're doing next also. So January, like we said, was surprisingly hectic for us, but uh, typically a light month. <laughs> you know, I'm glad to start the year a little bit lighter. And um we just came back with our preview video series. We starting today for the first as we record this for the first week in February. So this will be out for the first. And uh, even though we don't have a heavy week this first week, it's a it's a pretty heavy week. A release is in a pretty heavy week. Uh, like we said, a very heavy month, full swing. Some of these weeks are madness, absolutely madness. Uh, for January, let me ask you. What were your favorite releases of the month? We always preview these the month before, but then I always feel like our answers change a little bit after we've actually had them come out and we've listened to other stuff. No, I think that's I think that's fair. And um, one thing I'm trying to be more aware of when we have our conversations is not talk about seven thousand releases to try kind of bring it back down to a, a personal favorites rather than the bigger things or 
all the noise that's happening. So um, I've got got four my four favourite ones for you just to to talk through and um, just work my way through the month. Um, so early in the in the month, um, and I think slightly out of the Friday release schedule, which um, I'm a fan of. You know, it's fine. See record out when you want. Um, I get it works, and I'm sure I've seen. C squared of a podcast to say why you should release your music on a Friday, but I'm going to say congrats to yes and and uh, the side is remorseless on trepanation records. So it came out the 10th of Jan, it's a midweek one. Uh, Matt Cook did the review for us, uh, picked it up, um, just sent a message saying this record is too good for me not to review it. Please, can I do it? Um, and he was absolutely right to pick it up. And there were uh, I don't know, a mix of grind metal thrash death some good hooky bits some very aggressive stuff and a, a really really um good ah it's used the word good but you know <laughs> really strong kind of um album that i don't think had too much hype coming into it but once it came out everyone um you know seemed to pick up on it and was, was sharing the love so um first one of jam that that surprised me and i don't think we talked about it at all uh as our preview last month with was but then that first full week of releases um i kind of got overtaken by me from the the tragic news around uh tony clark in from magnum who, who passed away and we jokingly and I, I sent a few jokes in our in our previous one around you know magnum being dad rock and things but they are a, a really important band for me um I, I felt happy to joke about them because i do love and care about them so much and they're sort of such a a comfort band for me over the years um and they're Last record, Here Comes the Rain, uh, came out on an SPV, Steam Hammer, uh, 12th of Jan. And I spent, spent a good session of January listening to that and some of their, their previous releases. Um, so, all, you know, all, all joking aside, uh, Magnum were one of the first bands that I got into as a 13-year-old, just finding my way into rock and metal and I picked up a vinyl box set of their first six albums and they had the Mirador Best of on there and um, you know, it, it takes everything. Um, when going back to... Like, on a story teller's night and uh, chase the dragon and all the classics from, from the eighties all the way through to I said, yeah, here comes the rain. So that was the second album that probably dominated my, my January. Um, and I think it's a good uh, music is, is a, it's a good album to go out on for them. Uh, making the assumption there won't be future Magnum releases. I think it's fair to say Tony, Tony Clark and Bob Catley is Magnum. Um, I think, um, I can't imagine them continuing in, in you know, without either of those two. Um, final two for the month, nineteenth uh, of Jan for me was was all about Upon Stone, and we talked about that um, last time around. Uh, feisty Mel Death, thirty minutes long, and a Misfits cover. But although Hans Lopez didn't dig the uh, the Misfits cover, I think you're wrong, Hans, on that one. Um, you're absolutely right with the rest of the great review uh, that you wrote about that um, that Sterling record. Just lots of throwbacks to early in Flames, early out the gates. Um, first dark tranquility record so um lots of love lots of metal love for upon stone and then uh last week um the new frank carter album um really caught my caught my ear um i wasn't quite i wasn't as sold on sticky as, as other people were loved the first three um but weirdly going back to the new one and then going back to sticky as part of the prep and writing the review for it um i've enjoyed that more than i remembered so it's, it's been good for that but Really impressed with uh, Dark Rainbow. Um, a bit more of a reflective, vulnerable side to, to Frank um, and the Rattlesnakes on, on that one. And uh, just some really strong songs. And I think um, vocally, it, it's the cleanest and strongest, um, I think, vocal performance he's, he's put in. Um, it's furthest away from punk he's done, um, but that's fine. You know, I mean, he's been releasing records for 
done that for 20 years now. So why, you know, why put yourself back in any boxes that you don't want to musically? And it covers quite a broad bit of ground um, in the, you know, both in the kind of in the melancholy and vulnerable stage and some some rockier, big, brash um, arena tunes um, to keep everyone happy. So that's the main ones. I did want to do a quick run through of three underground releases that caught the ear. So one was um, Malice of Scorched Earth is the name of the album um, on Avant-Garde Records, Avant-Garde Music, sorry, who I think are a very underrated label. Um, they put out quite a, a high quantity of releases, so usually two or three releases a month, um, predominantly black metal, but very rarely there's a drop-off in quality. And this just caught my ear. It's like dissection, dawn, kind of um, siding, epic, raging, black and metal. And Ralka Skerseth did a really strong review um, of the record for us. Um, and two, to close off on two horrible death metal records, um, one uh, from Savus Finnis on, um, we talk about, oh, both records, sorry, on Transcending Obscurity, who we talk about pretty much every month, I believe. Um, and Savus Finnis is kind of that more atmospheric, kind of churning, challenging, dark death metal side of it. Um, and then the other side of the Transcending Obscurity, I suppose you call it, uh, was Resin Tomb with Cerebral Purgatory, which is that that's more aggressive, riff heavy, death grind stuff. So that's been, yeah, a busy month um, on top of prepping what we can for fair. So I don't know, and I don't know what your, your ears, but. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, I can't, I still can't shut up about the record I probably talked too much about last month, but I'm going to mention them one more time. If you have not heard this Doom Metal Slayer, covers record ep slower on uh, heavy psych sounds you have missed out i love this thing i'm already hoping they make a full length out of this it needs to be a full it needs to be a series i want it on vinyl um members of caius yawning man year of the cobra especially amy from year of the cobra screaming her lungs out ridiculous ridiculous uh, it's so good it's unfair to every other record to me um almost dead destruction is all we know bay area thrash sometimes death metal band we actually debuted their full album stream this week before the album came out and i just end up listening to it on a loop so i absolutely love that that was a, a jan 26 release uh, as was slower i uh, absolutely loved almost dead and great album artwork really grotesque horror-based album artwork. Uh, you mentioned Upon Stone. I dug that a lot. Let's talk about Cognizance, Fantazine on Willow Tip Records. Very sick band, very underloved, perhaps. We reviewed it, but fantastic review. But also, really great band, really underrated band. I could see them even leveling up a little bit more on the next one, but uh, terrific. Love this one. And I would love to see them live, actually, because it's really good. And then... Uh, we haven't mentioned them yet, but uh, a band I have followed for a long time, Guts, uh, with their new album, Regeneration, on Seeing Red Records. And I also want to say Guts, which is also a recent release. I didn't know this. Like A friend of mine joined their band on bass, a very well-known New York City bassist, Dan Martinez. He's been in a ton of other bands. But he joined their band also, and I didn't know until I went on to Bandcamp to link the album in the review and I saw a photo of him in the band picture and I was like, how, when did he join this band? So I am biased, but I was a fan of that band on their previous work. And I think I even bought 
a re- uh, like a Bandcamp Friday bundle from them where I got like a vinyl, a CD, a bunch of stickers. They sent me a personal note. I might have unboxed it somewhere on a live stream because I was so impressed with the note that was like a very personalized to me and Ghost Cult. And I was like, that's really nice. Like they actually took the time uh, to thank me beside the purchase. Like, thank you for in general. So I thought that was really sweet. And, uh, you know, considering it was a January, We've had quieter ones over the 11 years of Ghost Cult. There's been desolate, no album, barely any good albums. And uh, we had quite a few. So it was nice to see and it's nice to start the year off with a bang. Don't know if we'll be able to keep up with the weeks that are coming, especially the next three months. But we'll do our best as always. Yeah, and I think I think it's fair to mention, like you said, the the, the guts um, album then leads us nice little segue into our January album of the month. Um, so we've talked about all these great records that we've loved, and guts came in at three uh, from our writers um, mini poll for album of, album of the month, which again just shows the the quantity of good stuff that we've we've had. You know, the the fact that we've we've talked between us about four or five records each, um, and we still haven't talked about our top two. Um, and so, um, moving from guts to number two, which was Lucifer, um, Lucifer V five, obviously for those that can't visualize the Roman numeral, <laughs> as I'm saying. Um, and then we talked about that last month, um, about how they seem to be a little cheekier, a little rockier, maybe a little more ghost in the sound. Um, but really sort of suiting, um, what, what Lucifer, uh, as a, as a band is, is, is about. And I'm really pleased with our, album of the month because we talk every now and then about kind of like what we see as the essence of ghost cult and what a real ghost cult band is or could be um and i agree with you know, i think as you said it in uh, last month around that mountain caller is exactly the kind of the epitome of that sort of band you know the um the kind of the proggy post melody post rocky uh, i mean predominantly instrumental in in this case but underdog sort of not really um you know, not on a massive major label doing their own thing kind of in you know an interesting band that we we like to get behind but that also then seems to have landed with quite a few of our writers um and it's not just people that like prog or people that like tech metal or like instrumental stuff or like stoner which is i don't know in duncan evans review he, he like references there's king crimson there's sabbath there's this there's that there's about 10 different reference points as all just try and bring it in but mountain caller with chronicle 2 hypergenesis um on church road is our album of the month i'm really pleased to start the year off with that because i understand why and i was very happy with our album of the months um that we had last year but i'm pleased to start with uh, a slightly left field one one that isn't the biggest release of the month or you know that you'd expect people to so um yeah it was a pleasant surprise um when the votes came in for that well done to Mountain Caller. Indeed. Yeah, fantastic band. Great release. Super stoked. Again, we're, uh, I don't know if it's a theme between the album of the year, Black Braid, and Mountain Caller. Black Braid, by the way, starting work on, John is starting work on the third album now. And uh, yeah, Mountain Caller. Wow. Just a surprise, but a pleasant one. And uh, that takes us into February. So let me ask you, what are your... Uh, most anticipated records for the month of February. It's going to be quite a heavy release month. <laughs> it is, yeah. And um, uh, not joking around the fact we said 37 releases for Feb that we're still figuring for 23rd of Feb, just for one week, that we're still figuring which ones um, we'll have to cut uh, and not not be able to cover. So we, we talked about maybe doing a few more roundups um, 
if capacity and, and life allows. And I know um, Alexa from Wordless PR put out a tweet not so long ago saying actually more sites should do roundups. Let's get some more coverage where we can. And I don't think it's a bad shout. I think uh, there is an art to a longer form um, review, and I love it. That's my favourite method of preparing for an album is reading people's thoughts in that view. But I do think there's a there's a time and place for a roundup. So we'll, I'll do my best um, to get some of these covered in, in a different way. Um, but oh, yeah, I wanted to try and keep it concise or looking ahead to February and keep it personal rather than looking at some of the big ones. I think you'll pick up some of the ones that I won't mention. I could always um, sweep back at the end with a nice little kind of uh, uh, um, roundup of the other ones that I made a note of in terms of sizable bands that people would be interested in. But on a, on a personal note, um, and I'm not too sure of the date, he says quickly trying to scroll through the uh, spreadsheet. So your 9th of Feb, um, we have the new Hulder record versus an oath on 20 bucks spin. So very promising first um, black metal release uh, two years ago, I think. Came for me from out of nowhere. Um, not, not an act that I was particularly aware of until a mini buzz on, on release. Um, I've been very good so far in terms of I've given a, a minimal listen to to the, uh, to the albums I'm interested in on their release date. So very interested what Holder's uh, second album is going to be. We know in Black Metal, it's usually the second mouse gets the cheese. It's the, you know, the second release is once people are happy in their skin and really start to expand around the boundaries of the you know the, the type of sound and style of band they want to be. So very much looking forward to the Holder one. Um, also another band on their second record um, is a week later, 16th of Feb. Dodgy band, like not dodgy as in sketchy, dodgy as in a bit weird. Um, pest to length. Um, <laughs> so on uh, Debermere Morty um, Productions, a very, very cool, um, very, very rarely missed label who have a lot of interesting, dark, alternative, avant garde, um, extreme music. And yes, yeah, so the pest to length record, Solar Chlorex, that kind of like uh, first record was that dissonant kind of tech, but not a uh, million notes per second style death metal. So very much looking forward to hearing where they've expanded and progressed to for theirs. Um, it's probably no surprise that I'm really looking forward to the Amaranth record. I know that's one extreme, to, literally one extreme to the other, and some might say sublime to ridiculous, but we've all got those, and not, not guilty anymore. I used to say Amaranth was a guilty pleasure, but no, 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 no. I've loved them far too long and far too loud to, to, be, to be falling for that kind of, um, you know, embarrassment um so yeah the catalyst for amaranth they promised a more symphonic um power metal approach but it does seem to me that, that it's more like a return to the nexus and um the, the self-titled debut than any kind of straying into like dragon force territory but we'll see i've only had two songs um but they're massive and that's what i want from amaranth big cheesy pop songs with uh big guitars um i'm a simple creature at the time but I will pick one big, and I think it's probably the most, well, I don't know, actually. There's some big ones I think you're going to cover off, but for me, the most anticipated record of, of February. Uh, I've only listened to it a couple of times, so I'm still forming an opinion on it, but early impressions are exceptionally positive. And uh, at the end of the month, 23rd of February, we have Job for a Cowboy uh, and their return after 10 years in the in the wilderness of life and things getting in the way, um, and Moon Healer on Metal Blade. Um, so very, very much looking forward to spending the next few weeks really getting to know that record because um, there's a lot to it, uh, but it's an exceptionally positive first response from me on, on Trump for a Cowboy. So welcome back. 
Indeed. I had most of those records, but I will also say I have a backup list always. And uh, as I love to point out, Ghost Cult was the first website of any music website that covers this kind of music that broke the news about Job for a Cowboy plotting a return two years ago now. So they it's been in the works for a long, long time. They also apparently re-recorded Sun Eater completely over. So... That is also on the either a track or all of it. I'm not sure which, but they definitely did an entire session where they tracked a lot of Sun Sun Eater again from 10 years ago for the 10th anniversary. Perhaps a vinyl, perhaps a digital re-release, not sure. But this new album is going to be just a banger. But believe me when I tell you, if Necrophagist, they're never coming back. But if they were ever to come back, we would be first to have the news because I'm stalking like Mohamed Susamez. I'm stalking him. In a probably unhealthy way. Uh, but anyway, JFAC, good list there, sir. And uh, no complaints. Yeah, I mean, you know, Holder, uh, arguably going to be the best early black metal release of the year. Um, and they booked the, the Decibel Tour, which is humongous. A uh, couple of ones for me. Starting off uh, this week with Ghoul Noxious Concoctions EP. Uh, the Kings of Splatter Thrash from... <laughs> Uh, Creepsylvania are back and uh, Ghoul is fantastic. Going to be a huge year on that label for Tank Crimes records with a new Necrot album later in the year, probably. Uh, of course, you know, I was going to shout out Chelsea Wolf and her new album. She reaches out to She on Loma Vista uh, in our spreadsheet that nobody sees but us. It's called Chelsea Wolf Music. And I can't thank you. Know, literally singular. A lot of influences, pulls it in her own way, singular voice, singular style. And I can't wait to see her live again. It's been some time, probably since 2019, to be honest. Uh, A formerly well-loved ghost cult band, Bokasa. Probably bigger in Europe than here in the States, but we have championed them heavily. All Out of Dreams is their new album on indie recording. Uh, you know, kind of clutch, but more punk rock. That's how I describe them. I think that's fair. Um, Sun Drifter for some stoner rock. I interviewed the band recently, so that's fun. Uh, on Small Stone Records, killer underground stoner rock, desert rock label. And if I have to pick one more, I probably will pick uh, Darkest Hour for a big one because you know every darkest hour release uh since deliver us has been a you know i'm eagerly anticipating what they do next still trying to lock in an interview with the band but that is coming out on monarch heavy which just had the lord dying so monarch heavy off to a flying start like so many other labels our new darkest hour always a big deal to me personally so very excited for those records no, that's cool. I think this, yeah, I had a couple of other of the big hit ones just to mention uh, that are coming up as, as the month goes through. So uh, 2nd of Feb, we've got um, Bipolar Architecture on Pelagic, um, probably post metal stuff. Uh, I say stuff. It kind of covers a whole range of sins that way. Um, 16th of Feb, coming in there with uh, Bloom, um, maybe in another life, kind of a really really kind of reduced it down to kill switch meets post hardcore but um you know kind of have a kind of little um throwaway tag for those obviously isan has his self-titled um 
return to black metal, um, blackened prog, I suppose is probably a better way to to describe it. I don't want to get anyone you know, thinking we're going into back to the night side eclipse or that sort of thing, but um, very much anticipated. Um, I think every Sun record kind of does something different to the one before and draws people in. Um, I know you've, you and I have chatted about Laura Jane Grace, uh, Holding My Head, coming out later in the month, and just two more for the, for the big hitters. Um, I don't know. The body a big hit. I think the one that catches the interest. Um, so we've got the body and Das Fig with a with a sort of collaboration, not a split. Um, album Orchards of a Futile Heaven, and then on the twenty third of Feb we have the return of the Winter Norse Gods of Borknagar with Fall. Um, so even though it's in winter, there's the album's called Fall. So I don't know. Maybe there was a, a delay in the release schedule. But. Maybe. Uh, that's quite clever. Uh, Bork Nagara also like royalty when it comes to the Scandi black metal. And they have changed probably the least of any of the original band, uh, you know, their peer group, right? They've changed, evolved their sound the very least. So they're, if you're yeah. a fan of theirs, they're closer now to where they were when they started, but they haven't changed that much except improved and the recording techniques a bit, you know, they actually sound good, so, these yeah. records. Uh, they changed the lineup about well, a million times. Though. I'm never sure who's in it, but I know Chris Rigg came back at some point and he's no longer there. And then Simon Hassanis is there and he's come and gone back again. So I'm not sure who's in Borknagar anymore, but it will sound and does sound exactly like big driving epic kind of, yeah, blackened, um, black and progressive metal, but much more emphasis on the heavy metal than some of their contemporaries. And there's always some big soaring vocals. So again, it's impossible not to love um, Borknagar. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine they will ever put out a bad record. As far as I know, I can't. I can't see it. They are consistent, which I like. Uh, just out of curiosity, this is our officially second podcast of the year because we did January. But uh, and I probably asked you also last month, but I'll ask again. Uh, something that's not out yet. Let's say first half of the year. Is there something you're highly anticipating? that we haven't talked about or something that's just got on your radar or just announced that you're extremely excited about? Uh, well, I think, I mean, the obvious one is, uh, is the Bruce Dickinson solo record. Um, huge, huge fan of um, Chemical Wedding in particular. Obviously, big Maiden fan. Love everything they've done post-Reformation uh, post stuff. But um, interested to hear i've been very careful to try and avoid you know i talk about this a lot i hate spoilers and for me that includes lead singles um because i like to hear a track in the context of an album the first time i hear it so i've heard very very small snippets 10 seconds 20 seconds here and there and it's not quite what i was expecting i'm not sure if i'm if that's good because it's resetting my expectations a bit and maybe lowering them a little bit but um i don't think that can be a bad thing um i don't think i don't, don't think bruce is going to do anything bad but uh, i'm interested it's not you know the snippets i've heard haven't gone where i thought they would so that, that's only a good thing um so i think there's definitely bruce um that's sort of yeah caught caught the attention um quite interested in i don't know perhaps a bit of an odd one you might not expect myself to have uh be calling this one up but interested with black crows and seeing what theirs sounds like i haven't really paid too much of attention to them over the years um obviously the first three records were you know as a again talking about music you got into as a, as a teenager um shaking money maker was one of the first cassettes i bought from from rock music um and then um but then yeah sort of dropped off the radar with them a bit um so those are the two um having a quick 
interested in North Lane as well. Um, I did really like uh, Mesmer in particular. Um, Alien a bit less so, but it was it was an interesting step to where they may you know they were going next, and, and interesting to see what mirrors their GP, which I'm imagining is kind of like a what's the word transitional um, release as an most EPs tend to be either they're doubling down or a transitional one. So, and that's coming later in uh, April, I believe. So those are my three that are on the on the radar at the moment. Nice work. I'm about the Dickinson. I'm maybe equally or more excited about the comic book series than the album. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't, I, I love that he, uh, is doing a one, like a series, like a 12 issue run of comics. And then I'm sure will be collected as a graphic novel. So I'm very excited that he actually went the more traditional route for this release. And then the album itself, I'm curious about it for sure. Uh, also excited about North Lane. Love that first track. Um, you know, obviously, will we get an Anthrax record this year? Please, Satan, let me get it. I know I said that. Oh, they just announced that massive tour, and they create yeah. Anthrax Testament. Oh, so. yeah, that, if that if that doesn't come to America, we riot. But uh, I know Creator's not doing a new album until next year, and Testament also is supposed to have a record this year. So I definitely would have Anthrax and or Testament with a new record this year. Um I believe we're going to get a new Converge this year. So, you know, they're always big on the highlight reel for me. And I would say on the chance, again, not confirmed because I'm going with the mythical and the potential as opposed to the announced. But uh, I have a feeling in addition to a high on fire release, we're going to get a sleep single or EP for 420. That's my goal. I'm going with that. They've been too quiet for too long. They haven't announced anything, but they always do. I do believe High on Fire is going to announce their record and a huge slate of touring that hasn't popped up yet. But uh, I know Pike just did a solo tour of the Northwest. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I was actually under the weather when he was in my area. So I missed his show in Oakland. But next time, next time, Pike, next time I got you. Uh, yeah, terrific start to the year. Uh, again, kudos to yourself. Kudos to the reviews team. Kudos to the whole review staff and everybody else uh, for making this possible and palpable for me under the worst of times, <laughs> the worst circumstances. Not the absolute worst, but not great. And I really appreciate everybody out there for helping and uh, lifting us up, including fans and followers. Also, don't get forgotten. A lot of people have you know wished well and supported and you know chimed in and joined and helped and shared and re all the retweets and regrams and things so thanks to everybody uh steve it's always a pleasure these are the highlights of my whole month thank you so much for being with us once again we'll do it all over again in about 30 days and uh i wish you the best my friend thank you so much for everything hey uh, providing we survive the 23rd of feb then uh, see you this time next month and uh really really good to catch up with you really pleased to, to see you smiling and uh as we always say in the words of the immortal james hetfield see ya this has been another episode of the ghost cult magazine podcast check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at ghost cult mag until the next time peace <laughs>